everybody. Hello everyone. Welcome to May. Theatre Wall. It's May. It's May. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, we're back after, <laughs> yeah, it's the end of May, but hey, it's nice to be back. Hey Ho, you've been on holiday. You just call me Ho. Oh no, that's it. Uh... <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was on holiday last month, but, yeah. oh, and this last month. weekend as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, so we've had things to do. You've been on holiday, I've been lazy, and <laughs> here we are now, but we do have a guest with us. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi, guest. What's your name? My name's Mike. Michael Burton. Oh, I like that. It was a reverse James Bond introduction. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Mike, tell us who you are. Uh, I am Michael Burton. I am uh, many things. Human primarily, comedian secondary, and tertiary um, romantic. Excellent. I enjoy that. Oh, you're also an actor, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm also an actor. A trained actor. A trained actor. Yeah. I think you're probably the first actor we have in the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. welcome. So, where did you train? Uh, Central School of Speech and Drama in London. Whoa. Yeah, now the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Wow. Which means I've sort of been downgraded. <laughs> yeah. For no fault of my own. Did so, it become royal after you left? Yeah, after I left and they got the royal status. So, how is it? So, what's the royal status? Is that just the, the seal of approval they have on HP Source? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Queen's up for it. Yeah. yeah. So, she approves of this drama school? She approves of the drama school. I don't know what that involves. Like, she <laughs> yeah. goes to watch the plays or she goes into some vocal classes, practices her RP, yeah. scores back. Yeah. The spinal roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spinal roll. The Queen's doing spinal roll. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, because I, obviously I, I'm 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 no actor. Easy. Mm. Mm. I was drinking my coffee. But you did go to a drama school. Though. I did, yeah, for a while. But then I decided, um, um, yeah, it's not yeah. for me. But you did the tech side or the behind the scenes. No, no, no. I did acting. Well, yeah, like, I did acting. No, not lip okay. before I came to Europe. Yeah. Right. Long story. We didn't have a podcast for This is a whole new chapter. Oh, I, I had three months and then I had to quit to move to France. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I started a script writing course and quit after two months. After getting horribly depressed, I did a foundation course at Lambda uh, in acting, and then didn't get into anywhere. So decided, uh, got persuaded by my parents to do uh, a script writing course, and then got horribly depressed because uh, it was uh, awful. Wow, that's yeah. great that your parents actually encouraged you to yeah. do a degree that's actually not very useful anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, "Oh, you should have a degree, even if it's in something." Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they should have got me to do. Business. So, did you want to be an actor uh, all your life since you were a kid? Uh, do you know what? I probably really wanted to be a, a do comedy all my life because I grew up watching Jim Carrey like obsessively. Like me and my dad, there's a period between uh, for about four years where me and my dad lived together for, uh, just on our own, and almost every week we would rent a video from the video shop for about a pound back then, and you could have it for a week. And whenever we couldn't find the new D- uh, video to watch, we would just uh, rent Dumb and Dumber again. Uh, and or, uh, yeah. Which is one of your favourites. Which is one of my favourites. And I watched it again the other week and I still love it. Uh, I still cry. It's a good film. I haven't seen the second one. Is it good? The, the second one, do you know what? It's never going to be on par with the first, I don't yeah. think. But it has got some laugh out loud moments. Excellent. I recommend it. Cool. So what's your favourite play? Ah. Uh, my favourite, I'll get my easy answer would say some favourite comedy is Noises Off. Uh, if, yeah. it's ever, if you ever see that play, if you can ever see it, do whatever you can see it. I saw it, first time I saw it, I fell out of my chair four times. <laughs> oh, literally fell out of my chair laughing, like so, so bad. And then, um, 
a more pretentious answer would probably be waiting for Godot by <laughs> Samuel <laughs> yeah. Beckett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that because it's also full of nonsense. And people think that it's like, because there's quite a lot of backdrop to like it being full of uh, metaphor and meaning. But then Beckett said that if he could have two people play the main parts, it would have been Laurel and Hardy. And so yeah. I think that says quite a lot. Cool. Um, have you seen the play that goes wrong? In London? No, but the Lambda Foundation course, all those people are in my course. Yeah, uh, and they're great people. They're amazing. They're doing very well. Yeah, well, I heard it's like the new noise stuff. I saw, yeah, I saw it. It sounds, it it sounds similar. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet just because I haven't been down to London. Although they, they've just turned it into this massive like blockbuster that's just making them lots of money now. And they're just, you know, it's, it's a franchise now. It's a, fran- but, it's a franchise. But, but no, it's amazing how, uh, in how many people like. <laughs> Uh, like same with Showstopper, the guy who directed uh, yeah. Play Goes Wrong. Showstopper improvised musical. It's amazing how, how I mean these guys are amazing. Uh, like they're heroes of mine, uh, but they they do you know they're around at the fringe for eight years and then suddenly they win newcomer <laughs> the yeah. newcomer yeah. award after like eight yeah. years of being at the fringe. It's like yeah, <laughs> then they get Olivia and there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like getting the franchise out, the best new thing to come out. It's like they've been doing something similar to that show. Around about yeah. for about three years, and then it's like the brand new. Thing. It's amazing though that a French show could work so well yeah. in the West End, and they yeah. become so popular. Yeah, and, and they haven't hope, really. Right? I don't think they've been. You know, they might have franchised it, but I don't think they've sacrificed anything. Oh, I don't think so. No, they're probably still really involved. With it. I mean, it's fine. They have to. They have I, to I'd love so. to see it. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to see it. They're mm. brilliant. You're also from Hull. I am home of the well, tr- actually, Hull Truck Theatre. The secret is, I'm actually born in Grimsby, but I don't tell anyone that. Ooh. Except, except the thousands of people listening to podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have about a million subscribers. Yeah, <laughs> that's us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm from. I am from Hull. Uh, it's uh, it's one. It's one that it's going to be capital of culture next year. Mm. Yeah. And the first they went back recently, and the first thing they've done is rip up the entire city centre, pretty much. So it's yeah. like they get the money and they've just gone scrap it all and start again. <laughs> yeah. So what what's it like being a, a theatre kid growing up in in Hull? It was there like. Do you know what? It's amazing, actually. It's ama- It was amazing because I used to uh, I used to go to Hultra Youth Theatre and Northern Academy of Performing Arts, which is known as Napa, uh, like two or three times a week, and then uh, that was when I was from when I was about sixteen, and then I would f- just in, when I was in sixth form, I used to just skip all my English classes and go and just hang out in the theatre a lot, and. Uh, no, I don't recommend that to <laughs> anyway, any young people in trouble. Uh, but uh, yeah, I used to go down there and that's why I learned loads and people would tell me loads of stories about the theatre and stuff. Which is, uh, I think gives you a, I think gave you a realistic impression as well because whole truck youth theatre was like the side of like the very professional side where they were teaching you all the professional discipline and then going to Napa was much more like perhaps more realistic of how it can be at times where it's like, get it on, just get it on, move, it doesn't matter where you move, just go, we haven't got long, quickly. It's that kind of side of things. But both were great. Real. And, and what brought you to Liverpool? Um, two reasons. One of my best mates is uh, moved up here. Uh, I three reasons. My mate moved up here. I had I had an illness which made me go blind. So I uh, at the time I couldn't see well enough to stay in London when I graduated drama school. And also uh, a genius called Ken Campbell who uh, worked with all the showstopper guys and people like that. He uh, he said, "If you wanna, if you wanna know where real art is, go to Liverpool." Uh, so I went up here. I, mean, I don't think he was wrong. Yeah, but is this is this where you're staying now? Is this like? I'm do you st- see your future? I have here? no. I have. Do you know what? For ages I didn't, and now uh, I'm certainly I certainly love the city. I love the city now. 
there's so many opportunities, right, for actors yeah. and, and comedians in Liverpool. It's only getting better. Yeah. What, yeah. What's what's what I've noticed recently as well is like since doing a lot of comedy recently, is in London like even if you're good or people have the best intentions, they're like, oh, let's work together, let's do stuff. It can be so hard to follow up on those promises and those things just because you get caught up in them. The, just the, the London just dragging you through the day to day, like trying to just get through your day and you know pay your rent and stuff. Yeah, I feel like here, just you know, people, people, uh, there's much more of a community because it's quite a small city as well. You know, you can easily see the same people again and again without even meaning to bump into them. You know, just keep seeing the same people. I think so. You get a real strong sense of community in the arts. If you go to a few like scratch nights, like you always end up seeing pretty much the same the same people yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah. And you make connections, yeah. and it's a really well, nice and friendly. Mike is is one of our regulars over at. Uh, over at first draft. Oh yes. Yeah. So you've done it three times now, I think it is. is yeah, right? three times. We're gonna do it a fourth, I think. Next yeah. Month, you're doing it. You're coming back. Yeah. If you have. Yes. Yeah. Last scoop. Excellent. Yes. Cool. <laughs> we got our closer. Press release. <laughs> yeah. So you also have your own little project. Well, little a shaved dog comedy. Yeah, what, shaved dog. What, what's that? Uh, shaved dog comedy is uh, it's like a collection of alternative comedians, or uh, that collaborate or work so, uh, solo but they are born out of sharing the same sort of viewpoints and uh, ideas about comedy and then so they uh, might collaborate on sketches pieces run things by each other even if it's for solo work but what it's what it's meant to be or what it, we hope it i hope it will grow into anyway is uh something where it it, re- it represents a certain idea or standard or because it's all quite weird offbeat stuff it's pretty well polished and high to quite high standard yeah so that uh so that you say for example so currently there's three members uh and there's me uh danny bradley shell byron and so for example me and danny work together a lot so you might see you might see me and danny and think they're brilliant look us up find shade dog comedy and then you might see the shells in there as well and find out the shells doing a gig next week and hopefully in the future what it'll be is that you, you'll feel comfortable enough going to go see Shell because you know that they're under Shaved Dog Comedy yeah. so that they represent a certain idea or standard of what, what the, you know it's going you know yeah. to be weird, you know it's going to be different to the norm, you know it's going to be funny. It's almost like the Travelling Wilburys of comedy, I think. The Travelling Wilburys of comedy, yeah. yeah. But didn't the Travelling Wilburys sort of make everyone like a little bit worse? <laughs> well, well, I'd never say that Dylan was on a downward slope at all, but... <laughs> Except for the Christian thing. <laughs> yeah. Shave Dog Comedy is a Christian comedy group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're doing a tour of cathedrals. A tour of cathedrals near you. Yeah, I would love to see We burn them down at the end. We burn them down. Yes. That's definitely... Wow. Cool. So, um, I did that. <laughs> um, so, have you ever taken comedy to the, to the Fringe? Um, no. I've only been to the Fringe once before. Uh, but, uh, no, this we've applied this year. That we're hoping to go. There's going to be a lot, but there seems to be. We've applied for the free fringe, and there seems to be a lot of uh, stuff happening, like venues being bought off them and just running yeah. out venues and more applicants than normal. So yeah. we're still waiting to hear. I did it two years ago, to... and it was it was mega hectic then, and it's just been getting more chaotic each each year. Really? Yeah, but it's because it's a great idea, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well. like, and, and, and we, didn't, yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't find out we were doing it until uh, the first week of June, so there's still time. Really. Oh, it's, it's a shame, really, because you know the fringe. It all started to to allow small companies and new mm. and new performers to to have a chance to perform in the yeah. festival. Where now it's just getting so expensive, and it's 
can be a bit exclusive, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah. need to have a bit of money to go there. And that's why I think the free fringe is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even like also... the comedians like Tim Vine. Do you know Tim Vine? Yeah. Like, he he started. You know, he started, he started going up just doing, you know, paying and doing all this thing. And then he realised that he'd make more money doing the free fringe. I think it's Tim Vine. I also mm. think Robin Inns did the same thing. Yeah. Quite um, a few of them have started doing that as well now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, I make more money by doing that. And I think because it's free as well, you're more likely, like, people like us who aren't known yet, uh, get up and... I like the you fact you said, you said yes. Keywords, yes. Italicised sort of funk <laughs> <kind> of <way. laughs> uh, It's like, you know, you go up and because people are free, they kind of drift into like A lot of the free things, especially comedy, people drift into it. And so you've got a much higher chance of getting an audience than if you're charging £10 at the door. Yeah. And then you're still, you're, you know, even more likely to make a little bit of money and keep yourself eating. Well, we did, we did quite well when we went. There was three of us, three comedians went up, including myself, and we had an hour, 20 minutes each. And we were right in the centre uh, in a sports venue called Sportsters, which wasn't an ideal venue. It was, it was, it was good because it was in the centre, but obviously there was a lot of stag do's and things going on in the downstairs section because it was it's almost a bit, you know, like Yates Wine Lodge sort of yeah. thing, like an Edinburgh version of that. But it was good in terms of like we were getting like solid 30 to 40 each performance uh, from the second week onwards, which was really good considering we were first timers at the Fringe and things. Yeah. But the best thing about it is that the different people you play to, like... Um, some people were really supportive. You know, you do the donations bucket at the end for free fringe and things. Yeah. Like, some people were great. One guy came in and, and he'd been to the Edinburgh Dungeons, which is just opposite where our venue was. And as he was leaving, proper little, like, sweet, geeky man, <laughs> he was leaving and he went, I'm really sorry, but I've, I've not got any cash because I spent it all in the dungeons, but here, have this uh, Dungeons teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a little uh, teddy bear with a dungeon T-shirt on. He put it in the donations box. And do you I, still have it? I've got it at home, yeah. It's, I've named it Burke after Burke and her. <laughs> uh, so I've got that at home. Uh, someone had been shopping, like they were walking down the street, saw the flyer and thought, oh, we'll come in and check this this out. And they went in and, and she was saying this old woman, she was going like, I'm really sorry, I've not got any money on me, but I've just been shopping. I'm guessing you're, you're, you're hungry because you're, you're, you're up at the fringe. Take these peas. And she just put like frozen peas in the bag and stuff, which were obviously like, Scottish food food bank. Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like, But then we, we had this like one Scottish guy as well who, um, who walked past at the end as well. And he, and uh, we're holding the bucket, and he walked up to us, and he went, "Fair play to you, lads, but it was absolute shite." <laughs> and I just walked out, and we we're like, "Thank you." <laughs> so, yeah, like that. so yeah. should put it on the flyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, we should have got some sticky labels. Done for that. But yeah, that's that's the thing about the fringe. I I love how anyone can just get up and and give it a go, and, and you grow so much as a performer up there as well. It's kind of a right of passage now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. just the repetition of doing it, I think. Yeah. Um, so I have a few questions about stand-up comedy, because I'm, I'm the only person in this room who's not a stand-up comedian. Yet. So, yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alex. So, yeah, guys, so um, you you go and you start working on a new routine. How, how do you how do you start working on that? Well, what's, how do you get inspired to write you? Do you want to go first? Because I reckon we do this probably a little bit differently. Yeah, I am probably the laziest writer in the world, I think, when it comes to uh, stand-up. I would think up an idea in my head and think, oh, that's that's got some form of legs to work on. And then I'd, I'd never actually physically write it out by hand. I'd just always have it in my head and then I'd, I'd say it. And I always record each gig as well, and then I'd listen to it back afterwards. Be like, that line did okay, and then I'll think next time I'll change that bit. So I've never actually physically written anything down. But first draft, because I've been comparing that, I don't plan anything in advance. That's just purely like talking to the audience and trying to get things that way, which is quite good for I don't know, improvised skills and things, I guess. Um, so that's where I, I tend to get most of my stuff now. So everything I do at first draft is just off the cuff. Like I've not really planned anything for that, so that's 
quite good to, to try completely new methods like that, which I've never done before. But I guess yours is a lot different to mine, Mike, how are you? Yeah, and I probably guess that mine's probably more of a theatrical way of doing things. Yeah. Because most of my stuff comes from concepts, like an idea of a concept, like a character or that's, a situation or something. That's the training kicking in. Yeah, yeah, it's the training <laughs> kicking in. Yeah, that's the SAS of Stanislavski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the so concepts are on, and I'll get the idea, and then usually I just ring a friend, usually Danny, and run the idea by him and then start riffing on it, and then start writing little bits. Main, it usually comes from like bouncing ideas back and forth. I, I can't, I'm not good at just sitting down and writing. It yeah. has to come out so of like... So you always play characters, you, you never just do like stand-up, just, just talking about your life No, I'm not opposed to trying it, but what I, what I feel about stand-up at the moment is I don't know what I'd have to say. Unless, like, but you have a very interesting life. Mm. You can talk about life. the time. Was it a seagull that stole your burrito or something like that? Yes, seagull stole my burrito recently, and I've been plagued <laughs> with thoughts about punching seagulls for quite a while now. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I've, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'd say though. I mean, in terms of just like, I feel like at the moment, like we do this immigrant and translator routine. Mm. I feel that has a lot more to say than if I would just kind of got up and talked about. Seagulls. Uh, yeah, you know I mean? it is great because it's very political as well. When it's, yeah, it's yeah. political and it's but it's also playful. So I don't feel like you're ever preaching. Yeah, which is good. See, the first time I saw Mike, it was during a, a comedy night, and you were performing in House on Ball Street. Um, but that was before we worked together. Oh yeah, and you had this character that was like this character that was just really, yeah, like a really un unhappy person and like really. It, yeah, Arthur Barker. He he's kind of he looks like a sort of autistic whereas Wally. Hmm. <laughs> he can't write jokes but he's always wanted to be a comedian so what he did was use all the copyright free material uh, and then he wrote, he wrote so he read jokes off penguin biscuits uh, uh, ice cream lollies ate the ice cream lollies but he also started, started having a diabetic attack while I was doing it and uh, none of the jokes landed and he pulled out Christmas crackers but the Christmas crackers only had facts on rather than jokes uh, so yeah but I can't do that anymore mainly because one of my friends has a great routine about penguin biscuits which kind of ruins uh, yeah, he's his better. So yeah, you're still friends with him. Yeah, yeah. I am I'm still friends with him, but I hold a mortal grudge. Yeah. Uh, note to self: We should write "Seagull Stole My Burrito" as a song and send it to Morrissey. <laughs> Seagull stole my burrito. And I think that should be the hashtag for this podcast. Yeah. If, you, if you're listening, just tweet along with hashtag Seagull stole my burrito. Which is a great story. Yeah. TW at the end to, to make it theatre wall relevant. <laughs> Do you think many yeah. people are tweeting about that? Trending now on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. Um, should we do a quick um, fire round? Quick, quick. Is that what you call it? A quick, yeah, a lightning round. Lightning, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. A uh, quick fire. fire is also acceptable, easy. There's, there's no, yeah. Um, cool. Let's start. Favourite pub in Liverpool? Favourite pub in Liverpool, Jacaranda, no doubt. Fa Favourite Liverpool band other than the Beatles? What a fucking name, isn't it? <laughs> oh, uh, there's, a, there's some of my mates that do one about meet me on the steps of the bombed out church, so I'll say them. Don't remember the name. Yeah. Silent Sleep. Silent Sleep. Cool. Right. Um, Favourite cold drink on a night out? Uh, oh, rum and coke. Ooh, okay. Favourite uh, football team in Merseyside? Oh, uh, I would say I always thought Everton did more for the community, but I've recently been told that's not true and that Liverpool are better, so I don't know. Well, that's a complete lie. It is Everton. Everton, cool. We'll take that answer. Uh, cool. Favorite venue in Liverpool? Favorite venue? Ah, oh, Matchbox at Lantern Theatre is brilliant that night. Comedy night. Uh, obviously, the Everyman's brilliant, but I've not stood on there. So, mm. Matchbox, Lantern Theatre. 
Cool. Uh, favorite show that you've seen since you've been in Liverpool? Oh, uh, Dead Dog in a Suitcase, Daniel Kitson's Mouse, um, loads, loads of things. Um, if you could be in a play, which play would it be and who would you play? Uh, one that's not been written yet. Oh, about you. Seagull stole my burrito the musical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'd be the seagull. <laughs> if you were going to be in any Shakespeare play, what Shakespeare play would you be in? Uh, I've been in Macbeth and I love that. Ah, who were you in Macbeth? I was in I was Macbeth. Oh, all right. Yeah. Calm down. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Sweeney Todd? Sorry, one second. And I was blind and I lost my dagger at one point. It's not as as it sounds. Go on. Have you ever seen Sweeney Todd? Uh, yes. Film on stage or stage? Uh, film. Johnny Depp film. Okay. How do you feel about Helena Bonham Carter? Um, I feel like she shouldn't be a Tory. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> what about her vocal range in Sweeney Todd? Oh, stunning. Yay! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cool. Have you seen Les Miserables, the film? <laughs> Her falsetto is in the top 1%. <laughs> yeah. uh, go ahead, Les Miserables. No, I hear there's only two lines of spoken dialogue and I don't really like musicals. Okay, interesting. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Russell Crowe? <laughs> Russell Crowe, beautiful mind, good film. Uh, biceps far too big for a man who just did maths. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, it really is. He's a hunky mathematician, isn't he? Um... <laughs> Oh, you have a time machine and comps. What do you go and see? Time machine and comps. Oh, uh, I never saw Jerusalem with Mark Rylance, and I hear that was like one of the most groundbreaking pieces of theatre. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Or some old complicity shows. Yes. Bernie. Very good. Who's your favourite theatre company that you've seen recently? Theatre company. Uh, always say uh, the people who do Showstopper and Scott Night. I think they're called Extempore Theatre now. Mm. They're amazing. Yeah, uh, look them up. Cool. I think should we should we talk about what say uh, what we've seen recently as well? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, Mike mentioned a great show. That I think we've all seen. Mm. Dan Kids and Smiles. Yeah, I think he deserves about like you know a good three minutes. Oh, <laughs> love that man. Yeah, he's amazing. I think yeah. it was my first proper Dylan Kitson show because I only saw him at the Playhouse last year when yeah. he did the stories. What was he called? Stories, stories for the Starlit Sky. Yeah, yeah. And that was good, but I don't think it was his. You know, it wasn't. This yeah. mouse yeah. is just—it's oh, so great theatre. That was him doing a show that was from two thousand and eight originally. Was so it? Like, it might have progressed in like six, seven years. Yeah. 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 So mouse. I mean, I saw it opening night, as did you, Mike, and Me in fact, too. all of us yeah. saw it opening night, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, how would we explain the synopsis of it to anyone who's not seen it? It's a lonely man having a conversation with another person. Yeah. For. An hour and a half, yeah. pretty much. Over the telephone. Over the telephone, yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought the set was amazing. I just love as well the approach. So when the audience enters, he's just in there, just setting up as well. Yeah. And everything is. I didn't expect that that kind of production bodies for a one man show. Yeah, because like every time I've seen him previously, it's just been like the stories from Starlight Sky, just him sat yeah. on a chair. The time I saw him before that, he was just sat at, sat at a desk with a lamp on it in the playhouse again. So this this is the most extravagant set I've seen. It, it was extravagant, but it was still only what was needed. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was perfect. The bare essentials yeah. of what the show needed. And we saw the first preview. That he forgot a few lines when he was telling the story, but then when he was having that conversation on the phone, it was perfect. The timing yeah, yeah, was. Yeah. And when I, when I, I seen it tw- I saw it twice. I saw it again a few, a few nights ago. When we saw it on the first night, both me and my friend said, 
oh, we really hoped that the, it was, you know, the bits in between where he'd sort of forgotten his lines and he was, mm-hmm. he was interacting and joking with the audience. We were like, oh, there's something so humble and lovely about those moments. Yeah. We hope, hope he doesn't lose them just because you're going to learn the script. Yeah. Um, but as soon as he, when we went back a few nights ago, he learnt, he'd learnt all the bits, but he, he was still having little ad-libs and jokes to the audience. Yeah. He gave an 11-year-old in the audience a biscuit and was like, my guess is you're going to find this boring. Best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I great. loved a bit on the, the opening night where he got out his sheets of paper and went, what's the next bit? <laughs> there was a little post yeah. but you never heard Olivier saying that. <laughs> 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 or when he said, uh, "These are the reason why the show is two pounds cheaper than tomorrow." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was fantastic. It was really clever. It it was one of those shows when 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 I left the auditorium and you just looked around. Everyone was just completely gobsmacked. And, and yeah. everyone since has been coming again with going. I'm bringing my parents again. Oh, I'm bringing, it's a show. I'm yeah, going to bring twice. my nephew, my niece. So me. you've seen it twice, right? I've seen it twice. Yeah. And do you did you find that the second time you understood a lot more? Like you got a lot more from it. They're, because of the, the, like what the show's about, which I can't really give away. No. But there's so many little things you notice again the second time. Oh, like when he's like steering the cup, and like mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's so clever. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone had it bumped into him like before the show or after the show or anything? I've seen him uh, in the green room making tea. Mm-hmm. I I he came up to a desk and was uh, asking to change some seats for some comps or something. I just said I love the show and he's just very polite and lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I chatted to him once, twice. Uh, I thought he was great. I got his autograph in my little notepad as well. I've got a big, obviously, like a big film nerd. I've got a film journal. And I thought, I'll, I'll see if he'll sign my journal. So I went up to him and was like, hey, Daniel, could, could you sign my film journal? And he went, why? <laughs> and he, yeah, and then, and then he went, oh, I, I didn't mean why, as in, like, why, um, why do you want me to sign? I just meant, I've not got any attachment to film. Like, why do you want me to sign a film journal? I was like, oh, because I just do a lot of writing in it. And he went, oh, of course, then, yeah. And then we just chatted about the show for a minute. He was so nice. nice. He seems like a lovely book. guy. He's yeah, a man who doesn't like the attention. Yeah, my mate works with a lot of comedians, and when I was like, I'm going to go see Kitson soon, he went, oh, I played Frisbee with him in the park the other day. He's really nice. And I was yeah. like, that just kind of sums it up, then he just, like, yeah. just likes to play Frisbee. Yeah. You know, one of the things that fascinates me is that he, he has a stamina, right? And then he, he does these very wordy shows when he's like, okay, it's blah, 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 just words. He yeah. doesn't stamina at all when he's doing that. No. And I just, yeah, for people, I used to have a stamina as well, my brother does, and I know lots of people who do, and that's just, I, you know, you don't really have the confidence to go on stage and, like, speak in front of it's people. So, yeah, it's so admirable that, you know, stories, stories for the Starlet Sky yeah. is three hours long, mm-hmm. and it's like he's chosen to do a show he, he made a career. he reads for three hours. Exactly, he made a career of that, of speaking in public and telling stories, and, um, yeah, it's very... Yeah. Which I think feels like he, he has a genuine need to tell these stories. Probably. Because yeah. if he didn't, you'd just do something else. Yeah, just, just write them or something. Um... So yeah, Daniel, if you're listening, come back soon. Oh, we should be a guest in the podcast. Yeah. Let's play Frisbee. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. What else have people seen? Did everyone see Sean? The Duke, yeah. yeah. I Sean didn't see that. I'd love to have I think it was very similar to Daniel Kitson. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was him telling the story about, was it his dad? Yeah, dad, his mum and dad had a... Yeah. Up, really. Yeah, had a, a porcelain uh, Duke Wellington, which shattered... And it's basically his, um, I don't know, he was trying to track down another one and that was interspersed with other tales. Yeah. Again, really heartwarming, really nice. It was nice. really nice. It was um, just him sat um, at his desk yeah. and that was it, talking yeah. to people. It was very, he was a very friendly, friendly guy, lovely guy really. Yeah. Um, really nice. Sure, he's taking it to the fringe afterwards, right? Yeah. Yeah. And raising money for... Refugees. Refugees, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely, if anyone's going up to the fringe, check that out if you can. Really enjoyed it. Um, another show I saw as well, they've all been quite similar, these sort of like one-man shows, or uh, was Daniel By at the Unity? 
went to see Error 404. So his other one, which was going viral, I saw at the Fringe last year. Error 404 was a kids show. And it was real seeing, because he's in the same same league as like Daniel Kitson and um, oh, yeah. Sean and stuff, but it's it's it was a kids show. It was a kids version. And he, he was basically talking, he was creating characters, but he was getting kids to join in and stuff. He was saying like, so there's this man, he's got a scar down the side of his left cheek and he's he's got a shaved head and his name was, and he pointed a kid and the kid would go, uh, Dave, and he would go, Dave, like that. And then he had a little techie at the side who would like type Dave and Dave would come up above these animations <laughs> and stuff. So it was really interactive, it was great, really enjoyed it. So I definitely recommend Daniel Bai as well to anyone who's who's out there. Very heartwarming. And if I had kids, I'd take them along. So there you go. <laughs> Have you seen anything really cool recently or, or something, you know, maybe not very cool that you wanna? Um I've just been to loads of open mic comedy nights. That's what I've done for the last month and a half, two months. So I haven't seen uh kids and uh anything feel like I'm forward to uh Anything I'm looking forward to? Do you know what? Um, I don't think I've got. I don't think there's anything coming up that I can think of off the top of my head that I'm like super looking forward to. I'm I'm quite excited about the the lineup for the Young Directors Festival. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks really good. Yeah, some really good plays. Six as well. plays. Yeah, they have plastic figurines coming back. Two is very good by yeah. Jim Carrey. Right, yeah. Um, the effect with Lucy Preble. Yeah, there's one called God's Official, which I don't know about, but the title of it sounds like God's Official yeah. is a, it's a Bob Farquhar play. I think right. it's about two guys who kidnap a referee. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be really funny. Okay. So we have those, and then there's one more, The Acid Test and Hot Mess. Um, so it's all free at the Everman from the 6th until the 22nd of June, and uh, definitely go see them. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of comedians, I remember what I'm interested in, there's a lot of comedians' uh, previews for the Fringe coming up at... Matchbox yeah. at the Lantern Theatre again. Uh, Frankie Foucault. Uh, loads of other people asked Clark. Loads of other people going on there. I don't know. The one I'm really excited about in the Lantern is uh, Ed Ed Axel. He's really good. I've seen him a few times. He's got one with Harriet Dyer at the Lantern. I'm not sure. I think it's in July. Mm. I've seen him a few times. He's really good. Worth checking out. Very. Uh, he'd fit into the uh, shaved dog aesthetic, I think. Would he? Yeah. He's <laughs> worth, worth catching. So, yeah. Ooh, can I give a shout out to my friends of What We Do Next who are putting on a production of You're In Town, the musical of the Unity this week, which I'm going to go and see. You're In Town, one of my favourite musicals ever. Yeah. Have you heard of it? No. Have you heard of I've it? I've heard of it. You're yeah. In Town, it's incredible. It's about this dystopian future where people are, in, um, they have to pay to, to go to the bathroom. Right. And they have, you have this company called You're In Good, Co- you're in good, good Company. Sounds like Lime Street. Yeah, you're kind of, yeah. You're In Good, <laughs> you're in good Company, yeah. yeah. And they're the villains and, and um, it's hilarious. It's really, really good show. So if you have a chance to see it, yeah, go. Yeah. The Unity, I think it's from Wednesday to Saturday. Cool. Cool. Um, I think that's all we have time for. Yeah, right? I think that's that's pretty much it. Any any final shout outs? So Mike, do you want to f- fire off some links to our listeners of where they can uh, find you? Uh, Shave Dog Comedy. Imagine a doctor with a razor that's getting rid of all its hair. Shave Dog Comedy, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever kids are on these days. You've got YouTube Snapchat. as well, haven't you? On, yeah, YouTube. We're not on Snapchat because I hate it. <gasps> Snapchat's good. I just yeah, love Snapchat. Everyone says get chat on Snapchat and then you're just inundated all day with people sending you 15 seconds of nonsense. What? You do comedy? Hello. <laughs> yeah. I know, we put thought into it. <laughs> Gary, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at the um, 
that's the, 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 yeah, the, the, the other podcast I do has, uh, has done a, a wee little relaunch, the, the Mistress oh, podcast. Oh, it's looking good. Well, yeah, good. so it's uh, Film Book Club. Uh, it chats about films and things. So you can find it at filmbookclub.co.uk. On the website, there's links there to the podcast, uh, the articles we've got up, and also the YouTube channel. And we're on Twitter as well, which is at filmbookclub and facebook.com forward slash thefilmbookclub. Uh, easy, what's going on with you? Um, yeah, you know, I'm on the Twitter at Easy Tweets and then at Theatre Wall. And your Snapchat? Um, I think it's Easy Dash S or something like that. Yeah. Um, and um, But don't add me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, don't forget hashtag um, Seagull Stole My Burrito. TW. TW. Yeah. Let's get this trending, folks. Thank you very much for coming. Seagull Stole My Burrito. The last one as well uh, Funny Looking Presents podcast. They're also done, doing Funny Looking Fringe at the Liverpool Comedy Festival, to which Shave Dog will be. To doing a show there an hour exciting oh yeah, and save the lantern let's all save the lantern save the lantern yeah. definitely it's amazing um, thank you very much Mike for coming in it was really nice to my pleasure thanks for having me right thanks guys we'll uh, see you all again next month probably in a, a lot shorter distance than this one was so we'll be back hopefully with a guest as well we've, we've got some someone penciled in but we'll see anyway I've been easy I've been Gary I've been Mike and this has been Theodore